0: Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and my next guest is a self-taught emerging artist creating meaningful, vibrant work. Her paintings are a stark contrast of vibrant color and white space that draws the viewer into her subjects. Please welcome Jesse DeSantis. Hello. I worked on that intro a lot before you got it. It's
1: on. great. I mean, just, it sounds so good.
0: I want to do the old boxing thing from back in the day, like Michael Buffer style. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got it. So um, give us the vital stats. Um, where'd you grow up and um, how long have you been making your work and what brought you to Baltimore?
1: Sure. I, I grew up in Miami. Um, I was born in Virginia by chance because my family was living in Nicaragua, which is in Central America. And um, I was, I was just born there mostly for citizenship, Um, but went back to Nicaragua for a year before I moved to Miami. So I'm originally from Miami. I've been there like my whole life. And um, Baltimore, the connection was through my partner and um, about five, I guess, six years ago, we made a decision to move to Baltimore because my partner had once a school here and we were ready for a change of scenery. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm from.
0: So 305 represent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 305. <laughs> you know. uh, so let, let's talk about your art a bit. Um, obviously this is art podcast, art talk, I guess. Uh, w- what is that, that daily? So Describe what your work is, because I like to let the um, the guests kind of break down what their work is versus me, giving my verbose or would be verbose view. But so describe what your work is and kind of give us that um, what your your art making routine looks like.
1: Sure. So my art is on, um, I would say, medium to large scale. It, um, I started painting when I moved to Baltimore. I didn't go to art school and it was a change of career for me. Uh, so, I started painting a reflection of myself here through magical realism, um, which is like a literature term, but um, I use that with my painting. So, it started off depicting places in Baltimore, sceneries in Baltimore, and then the magical elements are um, like Central American and Miami tropical uh, fusion that I put together um because it was a reflection of myself here uh but also a shared community because there is a central american mesoamerican mexican community here as well um which resonates with folks and it it makes my heart warm and happy and fuzzy when um folks can um point that out and be like wow this reminds me of home and this really feels like me here as well and it's like okay cool (laughs) so yeah so that's what my artwork started off as um i started doing some portraiture since then also worked on foods um and all of these different things um, themes boiled um, down to my roots as uh, being central american and talking about identity and indigeneity um and then just not being but like in your homeland anymore you know so you're like from a perspective of the diaspora um yeah so uh, right now i'm working on oh there's a lot of birds in my painting too i, I should mention that <laughs> people are like what's up with the birds and uh, basically they're they're spiritual for me um and they also embody um something you can't see right so something that moves through the air which um feels spiritual to me but you know, birds you can visualize. Uh, so that's what the birds are for me. Uh,
0: I I will say, like uh, when I went out to the the spotlight exhibit at Motor House, and I was like, I gotta finish this off. I gotta get all three. It's like it's like collecting Pokemon and all. And, <laughs> and uh it it was just like going there and kind of seeing your work now granted i i I love jazz's work i love rose's work when i was seeing your work i was like who's this person i need to interview them what the hell and the, the the work is great the colors pop and definitely it resonates in that way of like all right i even see i think it was one that uh it has like steps in there but then i see like the like um just has this uh Central American South American kind of like maybe statues within the stuff so like that's yep. fire and I'm looking I'm going through making multiple passes looking for these little smaller details that cuz I took Spanish for five years. No, uh, <laughs> but looking for the, <laughs> these smaller details that just through through education and just through interest that you're like, oh, wow, that's in there like that. And, oh, that's Patterson Park or that's this water founding I've seen or what have you. It has these different elements that are mm-hmm. just just really cool. And it, it just pop. And yeah,
1: yeah, I was really into um, language or I still am really into language. Uh and learning a new language, actually. Um, so, though, what you saw on the steps were uh, Maya, Maya glyphs, um, which spell out something, and it spells West Baltimore blessings.
0: That one have to like, go back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that painting is actually a painting of my stoops, in my house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's not actually on there, but that was like one of the elements of magical realism uh, that I incorporated to that painting. Um, yeah.
0: So so you said this was a career change. So what was your, your background mm-hmm. before this education? What was your background before? It was this?
1: it was accounting.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no, <laughs> a, real, <laughs> so a real inside the office job. <laughs>
1: yeah yep you know and i said this in the artist talk at motorhouse uh where i grew up it was um like a immigrant community in miami and the arts as like you know first generation like it's not a career choice like it wasn't an option like for me um and so like i really f- fed into the, or consumed what this idea of success should be, or, you know, what careers to choose. And it was all about financial stability. Um, and I didn't start thinking about that till later, you know, like I was like a junior, uh, yeah. In high school now was not a good student. I was a very bad student and I had to get my stuff together. Cause I was like, Oh, I need a I need to think about college. And, um, you know, my mom, like, she like she doesn't know the system. She's new to this country. She had to learn English when she got here. So I'm like, like trying to figure it out. And I picked accounting and I stuck with it. I got my bachelor's, I got my master's. I worked with like, I worked with KPMG and some regional firms and taxation. And I had a child and then I was like, oh no. I cannot work these long hours and then not see my baby at home. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, this doesn't sound like a a fulfilling life and uh, not what I want to do. And then I've learned a lot since then. So I decided to pursue art uh, with a lot of support at home.
0: That's that's great. I I had a similar thing. I was a comic book writer in middle school, then a like poet type in high school i don't want to show pictures of this Oh, bard rob it was not great it was a lot of snapping and i none of it was good none of it was good i was calling myself sebastian it was not great uh and i, I started looking at because having the same the same thing having the I, I look at it it's a it's a class thing it's a mm-hmm. it's, it's a um color thing or what have you where it's like, here's a real job. That's the way that it's presented. Like you're going to make money from doing this real job. So I went to college for business administration, concentration in marketing. And after a couple of years, I was like, this is not for me listening to people that you're aspiring to be. Yeah. You might miss time with the family. You might get four hours of sleep. I was like, nah, I love sleep. (laughs) So I always had this kind of one foot in one foot out. So I, I want to say, by the time I was like 24, like a couple years into this this career that mm-hmm. everyone's telling me I should pursue, um, I realized I was burned out. I was like, you can't be burned out at 24. Yeah. And I was using the job. I kind of changed to how I ident- identified it. I used the job to fund a creative passion, which happens to be podcasting, which what 13 mm-hmm. years later I'm still doing. And it's like finding that's the balance or what have you, because. You know, I like to be able to do what I want to have, something that feels fulfilling, other than being a part of this capitalistic wheel that kind of churns.
1: Right. Right. And it's um like you said, yeah, oh, I have to use this to do this. And it's like, you know, at a certain point that's like survival, right? You know, in the in the wheel, in the system. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I still struggle with that, honestly. Um, but I am also happy I made the decision because I knew in my heart that 20, 30 years from then, um, when I made the the change that I would do it eventually, but it would be so long down the line. Um, I didn't want to have regrets, you know, I wanted to pursue it now. And honestly, I got burned out too. So, (laughs) um, later on I'm like wait is art like my therapy is it my therapy too you know like I need this you
0: know? yeah.
1: um so I'm trying to make it work you know
0: so so what are what are some of the other things that maybe hidden within it uh you touched on identity earlier you touched on a few other things earlier within your work what are some of the things that you maybe want viewers to take away from your work maybe some of those smaller those secondary those tertiary meanings what are those some of those other things that you want folks to take out of your work
1: well um that was a question that came up in the artist talk too and it stumped me because you know everyone views art differently and Their takeaway, um, I have no say in what their takeaways are when they view the art itself, right? But um, I said something, and um, I have this friend uh, who does plant medicine and so she's a metal, like a a healer. And I was like, wow, you have such talent on, you know, like herbals and and the science behind it. herbal medicines. And she's like, well, you do too. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, art, you know, art is also medicine, you know, it's visual medicine um, for the viewers. And she thanked me she's like, you know, thank you for your art. It, it brings me joy. Like this is medicine. Um, and I was like thinking of that and I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. I've never thought of it that way. Um, so like any messages I have, like a, a lot of it is very, it's, it's personal. Um, but if it resonates like great, you know, if it's just like aesthetically beautiful and you like the colors and that brings you joy, that's great too. You know, the takeaway. Um, ultimately is positive. I mean, not a lot of the storytelling behind my art could be positive. Um, but, uh, I think, I think just the joys, like smelling the flowers, you know, Yeah. getting that out of it.
0: I dig that. And thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, that's great. Um, I'm going to start looking at doing this podcast as like a prescription, like take two of these in the morning. <laughs> Cause, cause pe- people talk about it like this. This series is as much for people who are, are the artists, people who are interested in Baltimore, people who are just creatives. and It's like. What is that person's process? Is that person a person like because things can yeah. feel kind of monolithic sometimes, like, oh, they're so much better than me or whatever. It's like nah, i I screw up all the time, you know, yeah. and having that from different artists, it gives people context and it serves as I think maybe a a, a means of normalizing things or a means of, of medicine, as you talked about mm-hmm. just being able to share what you're creating and even the conversation and the discourse that can come out of it. It's like, well, I think it means this. Well, obviously it was talking about colonialism and mm-hmm. you know, you have so many different things in there.
1: Yeah. Thanks. And then also like when you talk about like process, like artists process looks so different. Like I'm a mother of two. So my process or time in the studio is going to be different from someone else, you know, or a single person or, um, another parent with older children. Um, and I have young children, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a lot of ways to do what you do (laughs) and there's a lot of hurdles. Um, and it's great that you have a platform where you, artists and creatives can share that because it's not monolithic there isn't one way to to this end point of the art world you know
0: <laughs> And isn't boom art right, there you go i'm done <laughs> I did. I looked at it for three hours, and boom, art. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, what's the roadmap? Can you show me the roadmap? It's like, oh no, I can't.
0: <laughs> I can paint it for you, actually. <laughs> Using these brush strokes is Pure like
1: rates. <laughs> Like that's not
0: how you use a paintbrush. Uh, <laughs> so, who, who, and and what are some of your creative inspirations? I, I would imagine, you know. I, obviously a lot of it is, your, is personal. I would imagine maybe family. I would imagine 305 mm-hmm. Baltimore, um, South, mm-hmm. uh, Central America. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but speak, speak more on that.
1: Yeah. So I think my inspiration came from just learning more about, um, tracing my roots back to Nicaragua. Uh, and like that has, gone everywhere like it it went from language right like why do we use these words in our Spanish like our Spanish in Nicaragua is really a hybrid of Nahuatl which is an indigenous one indigenous out of the thousands <laughs> um languages um so it's like a combination it's like oh why is that so then it goes back like then you're then you're learning it's like down the rabbit hole now you're learning about colonialism and now you're learning about ethnocide and you know it's just like wow and then same thing with food like I painted corn right and um why because corn is a staple food for us like you know it's in our tortilla our it's like I never like put any thought and this is like what we eat but it's like okay, let me research that, you know, and then go back 10,000 years, it was, um, domesticated in Mesoamerica, and it's like, wow, like, there's a long history here, like, I want to know this, and I want to share it, you know, I want to share it with other folks, because it's beautiful, and it's, um, it's reconnecting, you know, with a lot of lost history, um, yeah, through colonization, um, uh, so, like, (laughs) as I've researched, I've painted. And so, you know, I don't have, I don't stick to one thing because I say that I'm evolving as a person. I learn and I have different interests and my paintings are going to change with that. Uh, so it's kind of started there with Baltimore and being like, Oh, I'm outside of Miami and this is different. Um, and then researching and looking at my identity and, uh, going there you know um right now i'm just doing uh, watercolors of birds that are native to central and south america um and it's like it's nothing like my other paintings that are like really big and have a huge story it's like no this is like just therapeutic for me, and it's beautiful. And this is what I want to do right now. And I know it's gonna change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is
0: Jesse's uh, feather period right here. <laughs> <laughs> My
1: feather period. Uh, I, yeah, I, th-
0: I think I think that's 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 cool when you, you go back and you're able to look at the history and like why are things the way that they are. And I I'm a I'm an Aquarius, and we enjoy uh, we enjoy weird, weird details and factoids. So <laughs> okay. when when you watch documentaries, sometimes you'll find I was like, "Hold up, what heroin was a brand name?" Like I found it out recently that heroin was a brand name, and I was like, "Look," hmm. or that marijuana was used because it sounds Spanish, so we could just put that on like Spanish, like like Hispanic, like Latinas, Latinx folks. And I was like, Hello. "This is wrong." This is so wrong, and like just looking now, it, it's like oh, I thought it was always the name. Like no, cannabis is the name. Mm-hmm. It's like marijuana just sounds ethnic. It's like man, <laughs> this is so racist. So you start start finding these things out, and start going down that that rabbit hole, rabbit like. Hole. Like, so, uh, I don't want to look any further. I'm just gonna be mad for the rest of the day. It's
1: like why couldn't I just be ignorant? You know? yeah. <laughs> why did you choose to learn more?
0: <laughs> but then it's but then it's like like so interesting or what have you. Uh and I, I think ultimately what I was trying to get at there is that we're on the other side of it now, especially mm-hmm. with like social media and things of that nature where we have a selective memory. So if we want to, let's say, go through and cancel someone, we can look back at 40 years ago. But if it's somebody that we like, they could mm-hmm. do something kind of crappy within the last couple of years. And we kind of ignore that. Like we are we have a really interesting relationship mm-hmm. with how far we look at things, and how we look at history, especially mm-hmm. in this kind of social media age.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just reminds me of like the history we learn in school.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And like how short. um you know, how easily like just changing things up here and there, it's like, okay, this is what you need to focus on. And this, no, no, we're going to gloss over that. And it's like, you know, basic propaganda. It's like, yeah, I can, it's, it's kind of reinventing itself differently now, you know, it's nuanced media.
0: It's nuanced. And it's, uh, I I remember I had a had a conversation with uh, an artist, um, Kumasi J. Barnett about, um, we were talking about like pop culture. What he does is, He he, one of the things that he does is he paints like uh, comic covers, but it has like a racial or social justice tint to it. So instead Mm -hmm. of the amazing Spider-Man, it's the amazing Black man. Instead of uh, the uh, Daredevil, it's White Devil. And (laughs) it's great. So we, we were talking about like, what is it, last year, maybe the year before when all of these shows were let's retcon and let's remove this insensitive episode oh, no, no, y'all were shitty then. Let's keep it in there. Let's keep it all in there. We need to know who y'all were because this erasure of history just leads to, oh, yeah, we were always good. What about that episode when everyone was wearing blackface or, you know, people were appropriating lifestyles? It's really interesting what we do with history. So I think in, you know, as as an artist, what have you, being able to go and look at what the history is and say, nah, I'm going to touch on that in my own way. I think that's important.
1: That is so important. And there was like something, it was like Looney Tunes. Um, It was like circulating within like indigenous platforms where it's like Bugs Bunny um, was like, uh, you know, being racist, like towards Native Americans. And um, it was just like, wow, is this like for real? It's like, oh my goodness, you know? And like, you're not going to see that today. And you still, you got like, new space jams come out and all that and it's like yeah like this company is racist at its roots you know and like the whole country is like let's let's be honest
0: right no it's it's true when you start seeing these things you're like nah nah that that wasn't good then not good now definitely wasn't good then (laughs) it's like uh why are you wearing a headdress? this has nothing to do with this bit like what is this and being able to kind of take an attempt to appreciate like what the intent is but mm-hmm. then it's just like at a certain point it's like no nah, you gotta own that don't you know because money is involved and mm-hmm. cancellation happens and such no 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 own your own your bullshit
1: <laughs> yeah they never do corporations never do
0: uh, that's why I don't eat mama pancakes anymore. Uh, what is the, <laughs> what, what comes to mind when you think of very significant visual moments as a visual artist? Like what, what, what comes to mind is very, um, significant visual moments in your life.
1: Visual moments. Hmm. I don't know what that means.
0: So like, let's say you saw a really beautiful sunrise and you're like, oh. you know what, uh, that's, that pops or, you were visiting somewhere or even like seeing someone like wow that pops that lighting is great this whole this is i gotta capture that i gotta put that into a painting somehow
1: no you're so right you're so right like (laughs) i've um i have done that and i have an eye for color and i tend to saturate my paintings like um not on purpose but like, I can really like zero in and see the colors and like metals or um, reflect anything. And um, this reminded me of this painting that I did, which was of a street sign and it had rust. It had, it was an old Baltimore street sign and there was rust, there was um, the metal clamps and everything. Um, But it was just so simple, but beautiful to me. Like the reds, like I saturated them in the painting and um i also tied in like the magical elements of birds with the same colors as the street signs um but yeah i I would say color like visuals um they have inspired me to paint (laughs) not like so that hasn't always just been oh there's elements of my roots right but there's also like why that street sign or you know why that water fountain or the you know those um, brick buildings over there it's like no I, it's the color it is like that pop you know and it's okay it's rust it's red but it's like i'm so used to seeing bright colors like i'm from miami like um <laughs> there's a lot of bright colors down there and i see them up here too i guess
0: yeah i'm going to get my art deco teal suit together we're going to we're going to sort it out I mean, That's I like Teal. I like Teal.
1: For Art Deco, like anything Art Deco. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so what images or, thing, or things when you're in your kind of working space, what keeps you company? Like what's there? Like for me, I have a few gifts that uh, artists have made for me. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. she, I got to keep that in here. It's like, this is really cool. This is really sweet of them. And it's <laughs> part of my i guess uh my creative totems and you can't mm-hmm. see it but behind me all of my pop culture stuff I had nothing but funko pops and and toys it's so uncool that's why i blur it out but for <laughs> me to create and to edit or to even come up with questions it's just like i don't know let me rub my uh jason pop on the head give me some strength so what is what's in the studio for you that you have just like you know what something's missing where's where's my where's my totem where's it at
1: oh my gosh yes okay so i have a little room in my house that I made my studio and it is full of stuff everywhere. So I have plants like crazy. I have to have tropical plants. Like you can see them here in the background. I got some palms. Like,
0: I see. It, it makes,
1: it, 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 it's home for me. Like I have to have my my little plant Um, But I also have a ton of art like thrown up on the wall a lot of pop art I love pop art um right. from yeah from local artists or like little letters like um that I've received I'll just staple it onto the wall and I just have a whole wall of like it's almost like a collage by by now of just uh, different things like I have protest signs up there that I've used in the past it's just a bunch of random stuff like a lot of stickers a lot of like um social justice uh um, art in, um, Baltimore art. And then I have like, um, my jewelry and I have a little altar with my tinctures, you know, some medicine, um, yeah. a place where I can meditate, you know, and like talk to my ancestors and, you know, so it's a, it's a very calm, like energy. Like, this is my my space you know oh, uh, no toys on the floor or anything no it's <laughs> not true the kids do get in and they have you know they bring their toys <laughs> yeah so like right now i'm like um i haven't been working in the studio as much because i'm working in my dining room i'm working in my dining room because i'm working with watercolors which is very like mobile i feel like it's an easy cleanup you know, as opposed to like this huge canvas that I would like usually work on and I'm closer to my kids, you know, so they're here, they're like just over there or whatnot. And I'm available, you know, I just, you got to work with what you have. And so, yeah, so I, I I just take the plants wherever I go to.
0: No, I dig it. I mean, (laughs) I, I I turned, I turned off my blur to show you all of the ridiculousness in my background.
1: see. I love uh, it.
0: it. <laughs> it's just a nerd's office. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. It's great. Um, so I have one more question before we get to the rapid fire. Um, mm. So tell me more about your piece featuring cacao and how Ooh. does cacao represent your heart?
1: Ooh, cacao. So cacao is an indigenous plant from Mesoamerica again, and it is a uh, the fruit that chocolate is made out of um, and chocolate. Uh, okay. Not chocolate. Cacao itself uh, is a very like common drink um, that I grew up drinking. Um, it's like now you add sugar and milk and it's delicious. It's very grindy. You know, it has a lot of little, um, like it's I don't know what you call it. It's like little cacao parts in it. Oh, like the um, nibs. Yeah, nibs. I guess you call them nibs. Um, and again, nothing, I never thought about it, but I started researching like cacao and, and its sacredness, mm-hmm. how it is medicinal, you know? And it's just yeah. like something you drink all the time. It's like, oh, I don't know anything, but like there's, <laughs> I don't know. Um, how it relates to my art is is in Like, just like, yeah, basically, like, this is where I'm from, right? This is why I drink it, and this is me honoring it. So it's a painting of me holding a cacao pod, and it blends together. Like, the hands are colorful, but so is the cacao, because to me, that represents, like, being part and one with the land. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. so it's like we, there isn't a separation of the two. Like cacao is not just a plant; it's also a relative.
0: I did a uh, a coffee, well, a chocolate and coffee tasting a few recently, mm-hmm. and uh, we we really went on this this long uh, journey about um, like mindfully eating like chocolate, and mm-hmm. it was like seventy five to one hundred percent like cacao's from uh, I think Colombia, and. Mm-hmm. I I was just like the the guy was um, the guy moved from Italy to the guy that came out there moved from Italy to like Colombia and he had a farm down and he brought one of the pods and he was just showing us each stage and they kept asking him the other guys that organized it how did you get through customs with this and it was just so funny (laughs) and he was so passionate about chocolate I was like all right he's like it's about love I was like (laughs) I was like this chocolate is great but sir it is such
1: a process though like to go from the cacao to like to chocolate like I've been I went to a chocolate factory <laughs> it's funny saying that out loud um in the Dominican Republic um, and man the process is serious
0: yeah wow yeah. I mean I I have respect for it because it, it it has these this relationship with like you have South and Central America with Africa you know mm-hmm. countries within Africa so you got the the chocolate and coffee they have very similar stories and mm-hmm. really eh, black and brown people are the ones that are providing them
1: right and they're like coffee's an ancestral food um in Africa and like it's medicinal right and now you have these like ancestral foods that are exploited right mm-hmm. um through slavery and history and today. And today you have um, exploitation of workers for coffee in Central America, cacao in places in Africa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so next time you're eating it your 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 chocolate and drinking eating good chocolate, not Hershey's, she's not Mars, none of that garbage. Uh eating good <laughs> chocolate and drinking your coffee, just just recognize that. Yeah. Uh, so now we get to the rapid fire questions, which will wrap up my yapping. Uh, so the rapid fire questions we we talked beforehand, but for the fine folks who are listening, uh, rapid fire is pretty much they're kind of yes or no questions, or kind of just minimal input from the guest, but uh, they don't have to provide context if they don't want to. So it's just like that's the answer. All right. So. <laughs> so nervous. <laughs> no, don't be. Uh, toucan or macaw. Two can. All right. When are you most inspired?
1: I uh, see. I'm, this is not rapid enough for me. Um, in I studio, asked it pretty quick. Cr- okay. The
0: studio. Okay. That's your answer. Uh, okay. Favorite beverage? I'm sick. <laughs> uh, gallo pinto or arroz a la plancha?
1: Gallo hey, pinto for life.
0: I researched. You can tell I researched there right away. Oh by my way. God.
1: I have some in the fridge. My mom just made me some. <laughs>
0: I was like, <laughs> looking at it, I was like, Nicaraguan food. <laughs> I literally typed <laughs> that in. Uh, and lastly, um, this came from an article I read um, maybe about you earlier. Uh, favorite, favorite vegetable in your garden?
1: Uh, chitoma, which is green pepper.
0: <laughs> all, all right, because I was just like, verde, something other. No, right. Five years of Spanish wasted, useless.
1: No, no, you're right. Like verde, green peppers. Um, but their ancestral name would be um, derivative of Chiltoma, which is like a Spanish Nahuatl name. So I think it's, maybe it would be Chiltomat. Maybe.
0: This segment of learning ancestral Espanol is brought to you by. Jesus.
1: <laughs> and it's not ancestral. Like, so es- okay. es- Espanol comes from Spain, right? So yeah. that's not even like an indigenous language here.
0: Yes. That's true. Uh So that's all I had. Um, I'd like to give the floor over to you to shamelessly plug um, any websites, (laughs) social media, anything. Pretty much the floor is yours. And thank you so much. This has been wonderful.
1: Thank you, Rob. This has been so nice. Like, I'm usually nervous. Like, I'm not someone who likes to talk so much publicly, but you made this very comfortable. Thank you. I hope uh, viewers got something, or the listeners, excuse me, <laughs> out of it. Um, if you want to learn more, my website is jdesantisart.com. I post way too much on social media, and that's only Instagram for me. Um, I'll be at Motorhouse till October 30th, showing with two other local artists. They're amazing. Check it out. Uh, I have two pieces that we'll be showing this month at BWI's International Wing. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, the Great Lantern Parade um, this Saturday. I'll be there selling some reproductions. So, yeah, that's it. That's, that's all I got.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, for Jesse DeSantis, I am Rob Lee, saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.